0: soccer show. I am not Cesar or Wiso. It is Amy Lopez that's going to be hosting this show. So if you're already clicked out, well, it was nice seeing you. Uh, Welcome, everybody. (laughs) This is a very special edition of the Mexican soccer show that I felt I needed to host because it meant that everybody else got a chance to talk. So we're going to be talking about our background stories how the mexican soccer show came to be and i should probably stop talking and introduce who's going to be telling their stories today let's go ahead and start off with uh the man who started it all tom marshall tom how are you today
1: good amy thanks you
0: i'm fine it's raining right good now good
1: stuff you I, I, you told me you told me to keep it short the intro so <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll it's gonna be a disaster that's why i'm not allowed Do to it. lead. all right the other person who introduced herself through her sound is adriana terrazas adriana how are you today she just
2: got a text we all know her text
0: <laughs> <laughs> i
3: love how you guys now recognize my ringtone
2: yeah. <laughs> you're playing a game which is far worse the
3: thing <laughs> is everyone response. has the same ringtone so whenever I'm, I'm like at some place or like having lunch lunch or a meeting I look at my phone all the time so I was like I need to have something no one else has so I downloaded all these mario bros ringtones and that, that that did the trick now nobody knows it's their phone it's only mine
0: it also makes Adriana like way cooler <laughs> than the rest of us like just <laughs> automatically um joining us from the unfortunate location of phoenix arizona I'm just kidding that's the only joke I'm gonna make today I swear um who's allowed me to host and maybe mm. never again we saw mm-hmm. Vasquez hey, so how are you gosh. today
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for he that. Was doing good. <laughs> I didn't even think it was, gonna, it was gonna come out. I mean, but no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'm on the seat here, and you're hosting, and it's it's gonna be fun.
0: Okay, I'm only making one Arizona joke, and that was the only one. So if I make another one, Cesar, you're allowed to say something mean about me, Got it. and it has to Got be Cesar because he never says anything mean. <sighs>
4: joining us from San-
0: joining us from San Diego, by the way, is Cesar Hernandez. Cesar, how are you today?
4: doing well considering the circumstances but uh yeah looking forward to this podcast looking forward to this edition of the podcast because i don't know I feel, I feel like we've all talked about potentially uh following through with this idea but sometimes it's tough with our scheduling sometimes it's tough to get everybody out uh, in at the same time but yeah looking forward to this one
0: yeah that was a better intro than I did Cesar no but yeah basically what Cesar like Cesar's saying it was something that we definitely wanted to um, I guess given the circumstances take advantage of the time and just you know have you guys have a chance to get to know us you obviously get to understand our personas through Twitter and our banter and our random you know IG stories if you follow us on the different platforms but we also just wanted to take this chance to just talk about ourselves um i definitely wanted to host because i wanted to give all four of them a chance to just talk about themselves because it's kind of like when you get to like talk to your parent after you're no longer a child and they tell you all the deep dark secrets of the family that you didn't know when you were like eight years old so maybe we don't have deep dark secrets here but it'll be like that level of it's
4: a weird analogy jeez (laughs) deep dark (laughs) secrets
0: No, but I mean, we definitely did want to just talk about the Mexican soccer show. not Deep just about dark Mexican secrets. <laughs> Let's go. I like this. Possible deep dark secrets is what I'm going for. Uh, but we just wanted to have a chance to talk about the Mexican soccer show, not just Mexican soccer, not give you guys updates, which I mean, you guys are very free to. I'm a very laissez-faire host, so do whatever you want, I guess. But um, we wanted to start off and I said we should definitely start off with Tom. So Tom, give us a little bit about how you got into soccer to begin with and what path has led you to covering soccer. What did young Thomas Marshall of England where did he come from?
2: Oh I just so imagined started...
3: like five year old Tom.
0: <laughs> it all
3: started in good stuff, good
1: stuff. <laughs> 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 All started in the in the year nineteen eighty three. Um yeah. No, um, what happened? Well, I'm from near Manchester, so obviously it's a pretty football orientated culture. I think, uh, um, you know, even even today, if you speak to you know family and friends, it's like the first thing you always talk about is football. And uh, you know, went to my first game at Old Trafford when I was at like six. Uh, Didn't really know what was going on, but. (laughs) but you know you remember going there you remember the atmosphere and you know that was be that was probably in like 89 so it was like before you know the premier league and and the uh, you know all the all the glitz and the glamour and it was very much um, you know manchester united as well weren't very good i mean they, at that time they were still getting to grips with life under ferguson and then you know basically from 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 that age you know went to a lot of games i used to sell uh, i don't think you have them in the states but you know programs outside um sports events, you know, like uh, an actual like mini magazine. I don't know what you call them. Do you know what they are or not?
3: We have them down here yeah. in Mexico. I mean yeah. we had yeah. them. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. no of them still have them, but yeah at some point, yeah. I, don't yeah, know.
1: I used, I used yeah, to perfect. sell bowls outside the Rochdale Stadium as well. <laughs> so that was uh that was a uh, good fun in the in the cold and the wind and the rain. And then yeah, I mean uh so I came to Mexico probably about 11, 12 years ago, and um, obviously to Guadalajara to start working for a newspaper called the Guadalajara Reporter, which um, which goes out in English. And basically after university, I was like, right, need to, <laughs> you know, to get a start in journalism, I need to, uh, I need to start somewhere. So, you know, I just basically wrote to a load of newspapers all over Latin America, basically, saying, you know, like, you know, I'm willing to come, like, um, obviously I'm not, not, not looking to make big money. And, um, you know, I thought basically, I thought that, you know, if I can like at least speak Spanish and stay for a year or two, then if I went back to England, then that'd be a kind of, you know, an, an advantage. So, so no, I mean, uh, yeah, good days when I first came, I think about 300, dollars a month or less, maybe a bit less actually. So I was, uh, you know, rolling, rolling big in Guadalajara. Back in the uh, early 2010s, uh, High Roller, um, and then, then what happened with the Mexican football is obviously at that time there was three teams in Guadalajara, uh, three first division teams with Chivas Atlas and, and Estudiantes Tecos. And so I basically just used to go to as many games as, like, you know, the money would allow, which, you know, it wasn't, wasn't probably that that as much as, um, you know, I'd have liked to have done. But, you know, I started going to games, and obviously I was working for the newspaper, so every day you'd be getting, you know, at that time the internet wasn't that massive in Mexico, like 2010-ish. So, you know, you'd, like, you'd physically get three, four daily newspapers every day, and part of your job would be to, you know, go through the newspapers. Well, obviously, you know, with me being... You know, someone who's you know crazy about football and always have been, then you start reading the you know what's going on in on the local football scene. So, so yeah, that that started happening, and um, you know, I think Chicharito was quite big for my career, to be honest. <laughs> you know, because because he signed for Man United, so he'd signed for this club that I'd kind of gone to watch the games from when I was like six years old. Um, And all of a sudden, this guy, who, you know, he'd only played three times for Mexico then. Like he wasn't, he was obviously well-known in Guadalajara, he was well-known in Mexico. People knew his backstory, but I don't think anybody expected him to, to kind of go to a club like Manchester United. I think, you know, like we talk about today when we talk about, you know, the younger Mexican players doing well, the Charlie Rodriguez, players like that, we think, oh, you know, maybe a stepping stone club, um, you know, the, and and then go to a to a big massive club. But Gjero just went from you know literally hardly playing for the national team to going for, you know, at that point was was one of the you know top three four teams in Europe. I mean, a team challenging every year for the Champions League. And I think that, you know, basically everyone, you know, the Manchester Evening News, BBC were kind of looking for somebody who who'd, who'd watched him. And, you know, I'd been there, I'd watched him live and, and obviously I knew the background of, of Manchester United and, you know, I could see what kind of player he was. So, you know, basically I started, um, I, d- I did some stuff on, on Chicharito. I went to his family just after he signed and it's actually um, 10 years exactly on um, on April the 8th since he signed for Man United. So So, yeah, so then it was like, I don't know, I just kind of thought like the World Cup was coming up as well. And I was just and I remember the Guardian were looking for somebody to kinda of write about Mexico. And I was just like, here we go. Like there's something, you know, maybe I don't know, I just I just basically started a blog for no reason apart from, you know, I like doing this and you know, maybe maybe some people out there would 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 read it and um and then I remember the Guardian were looking for that correspondent and you had to start a Twitter. Um, you needed a Twitter, basically. I mean, Twitter was only really, really small then, but you needed to have a Twitter. So I basically started the Twitter um, and then just started reading the newspapers and just kind of writing little bits and pieces for the for the Guardian. Um, and then after the World Cup, obviously, you know, I think, um, what did I do then? Um, I started, I think, MLS Soccer. and oh, no, I started working for the Pan American Games um, and they, they were paying a bit more money. I think they were paying about nine hundred dollars a month. So then I was like, absolutely big time in it in Guadalajara. So so uh, so I worked for them for like six months, um, and then Associated Press got in contact and basically said, we look, we want a sports stringer, somebody to write about sports, so somebody local in Guadalajara that, or, or in the whole of Mexico. So when something comes up, you write about sports. So every week I do a rap that went out on the AP. For the for the Mexican League and and the guy there. Are you a lyricist, know, Tom, or are you real? more
0: of a fierce styler when it comes to rap? To rap. It
1: was a joke. Nobody <laughs> got it at
0: all. It was terrible.
4: I thought it was a solid joke. <laughs> I didn't get it.
1: Rap. No, but
0: so he said then uh, okay, never mind. Tom, continue.
1: Yeah, no, and then so then I did that for a bit, the AP, and you know, in terms of writing, it really helped as well because you have to you have to be really tight with how you write. And it definitely helped me because, I don't know, I wasn't like a natural natural writer like some people. And then um, and then MLS randomly got in contact and asked me to cover the Americans that were playing down in Mexico. So, like, Hercules Gomez, Edgar Castillo, Gringo Torres, all those guys. And it was like, I don't know, it was, at the time it was like... It, it, it allowed me to, to leave Pan American Games and, you know, basically you know make make like $1000 a month um you know basically writing about football all the time which is kind of like really appealing <laughs> really appealing so uh, so yeah basically that happened and then once 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 I got there it was kind of like I kind of just I was in there if you know what I mean like the door was open a little bit and then obviously you don't have to have another job i mean i think living in mexico has been you know obviously a big plus because i think from the media side, I think it's an advantage, and I also, you can cut costs. I mean, let's let's not lie. I mean, you know, I've I mentioned a couple of figures then about how much you're making. But I remember when I was working at the newspaper originally, I was paying like $150 a month to live with a family, and they and they give me food as well. <laughs> so it was like, so it was like that was the that that'd pay for most of my things, and and you know, then you can you don't have a lot of extra money, but it definitely and and even even not you know making a thousand dollars a month and not having to get another job. Because because obviously we didn't live in, well, I didn't live in a great area. And, you know, it was like, you know, that, it allowed you to do that. It allowed you to cut the costs and kind of focus. So, I mean, yeah. And then bit by bit, I think gold.com I did some writing about betting and stuff. And then started doing some stuff for ESPN. And then, I don't know, just bit by bit, it kind of picked up. And I don't know, if I think there's been more and more interest in you know it makes them football in in english i mean it seems like it's it ebbs and flows a little bit i think the trends only going one way and that's that's more um but you know we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how it develops but yeah is that uh, is that enough eh, amy
0: well, then how did, <laughs> at what point did you realize, like, you wanted to make this podcast? Like, 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 was it during goal? Was it when you find? was it when you, you know, you kind of started, like, with Pan American, The Guardian? Like, where did that, or, like, where did the seed to make this podcast finally come for you, that you're like, I need to do this?
1: Yeah, I think the podcast was just, I don't know, it was just an additional thing. It was just, um, I think like it is now, you know what I mean? It's like, there's not many people out there talking about the mexican game and i don't know i just thought like basically why not it must have been what we so you probably remember it better but probably 2011 definitely 2012 because i remember there was the olympic gold show yeah when, when mexico when we did a show after that um so it was going on a little bit before then but um yeah i mean obviously podcasts were a big thing then as well it was like and they're really new it seems like now it's like a new wave and no? of uh, you know, podcasts have become like um, in fashion again. But, um, but back then as well, they were kind of, they were kind of getting there. But, um but yeah, no, basically that was the, that was the idea. And then, you know, and then, um you know, with, with you guys, we saw and Cesar and all that. I remember Cesar wrote me an email once
4: saying, um I can't remember. What did he say? Cesar? I'm sorry for all the cursing and for yelling at you. is it... no, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> yeah. He used to abuse me. He used to no, abuse me. Like... <laughs> I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't remember this email. What was, the, I, what was the content of this email?
1: Um, I think it was like. <laughs> look it up. Uh, what, what was it? What, no, what was like, the,
4: what was like the general? What was the general idea here? That was like, like like the general concept. I don't I don't remember this email. To be honest. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna look it up. No, but yeah, but I remember I was in contact with you because of that, and then um, yeah, and then what and then what happened after that? I can't remember. Um. And what would
2: 2012 so was around, yeah, it was around that time, and I think I joined. I joined a couple of, you know, you there was there was um some other guys. there was Johnny. There was also Naive and and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Eric. And then I think all of you guys were just were doing it. And then I joined as a guest. I remember my first Mexican soccer show was Mexico was playing Panama and uh i think uh you guys reached out to because i was going to i was going at the game i was going to be at the game during qualifiers this had to have been during 2012 like during the the chepo de la torre days where everything was going smoothly before the whole you know tritanic in 2013 and uh you know kind of guests here and there and i, didn't I think you
4: were a guest on the show yeah,
0: yeah no. I was a guest wait let's transition there okay we got we got Tom's story. so how did you end up becoming a guest on the show?
2: Um I and I can't remember who it was to kinda of reach out or I think no, you know what? I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. Um I reached out and I'm like, yo, I have, you know, FoodMex Ful- source and let let's uh let, let me try to I know, you know but let's give kind us the prologue. And-
0: Lead us to come to you sending the email.
2: Oh, before me sending the email? Like yeah. me. what what how I started? Yes. Or I thought we were just picking up the second soccer show.
0: No, we want to hear your background uh, story okay, okay. too. I
2: started. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean I've always been part of soccer as a fan. And um I think all in the early two thousands and twenty tens and I'm you know people have heard mess- um talk about this. We're in big which is a big forum. Um, uh, style uh, not so anonymous but people really didn't share who they were so we got this kind of community and some of the if you know, you know if you listen some of the Cantina and people and some uh, some guys out there that I've known since like early 2000s we were just kind of not blogging but we would post information about Mexican soccer in this forum so I would be you know I was a moderator <laughs> back then for a you know for Mexicans abroad and in fact you know it's I think that's where the Mexicans abroad kind of like kind of the name kind of started from because it was the earliest of of usage. But um, I you know, you you would you would find something Carlos Alcido was playing in PSV and you would watch the game and you would post, you know, your thoughts. And then people would kind of talk and you started seeing that this community was kind of large. It was was actually pretty big for being an online community. Um, Then I kind of had an idea of just Twitter was starting, I think 2009, 2010, just like Tom's saying, right? Twitter was kind of new. And I'm like, you know, this is going to be a way that people are going to get their news faster than, you know, than regular. Let's, um, What's something that I can contribute? Because that's what Twitter was all about then. It was how can people, like, you know, if people are going to follow you, there's got to be a reason, you, you know. And now anybody makes it Twitter for personal use and, you know, you can just tweet whatever to your friends. Before it was like. All right, you um why why are people going to follow you? So I'm like maybe people that need uh Mexican you know information in uh, soccer then they'll follow me. So a Twitter was started called Mexican National Team. <laughs> uh, that you can still find that Twitter because I lost the handle, uh password and email and everything. It's really bad tweets. Um and I just kind of started tweeting from then on for I think that was like 2010 because I remember. The, uh, the 2010 World Cup and then I let go of it and then um, about a year later after 2011 World Cup uh, Gold Cup with Gilles I was at the game I was like okay no there's all these people there's over 100,000 people here at the Rose Bowl and most of these people they speak English like there's there's definitely some people that want this information and kind of talking to people so um, it might not have been that big but uh, that's when Futmex Source was started, which is the source of Foot Mexicano, which I thought that'd be a cool name to keep, but it was kind of a mouthful, and um, it was just kind of blogging, just kind of, it's, it's kind of funny how Tom says, you know, he started a blog, and I was a blog back then for me, and I'm sure we're going to hear others through almost the same thing, but that's when we kind of, I, I kind of just started blogging, and my my a terrible attempt to write with no editor and anything, so I asked uh, Jolie Aceves, which is a good friend of mine from back in like the early 2000s, where he was writing for Gold and he was writing for for other um, uh, um, yeah, other magazines and I mean other uh, online um, web pages on soccer. So he kind of started, you know, writing with me and, and editing and just kind of going on there. I mean, it was like I remember seeing it. It's like, hey, 15 people are reading this, or 16 people, and 25 people, and then it got to the hundreds and it got to, I'm like, wow, there's like 400 people reading this article. It, it, it's, people are wanting this, you know, they want this information. So slowly um, started to try to get to, you know, to uh, to get a couple more writers here and there. And just having that website, which was FluteMexSource, um, the people that I knew. And I think through there, the community and through Twitter is where, you know, I found kind of Tom. And that there was, there was this Mexican soccer show kind of going on and listening to the show and then there was a few of us kind of tweeting out there with soccer mexicana which is jason um ice and and we
4: uh, thought i could do something better
2: <laughs> No, I think, no, I, I think it's just kind of my, my, my thought was bring everybody together because there was there was a lot of us that we were kind of you know uh we were talking to each other on twitter but we're like hey let's let's kind of come together and uh i always wanted to do a video podcast um and because i think like kind of like a youtube show youtube was was huge around that time 2012 2013 i mean these, and i'm like why don't we give information out on youtube or do some kind of show so we so i was like hey let's just do footmex source live which was uh, one of the first shows that i did with and i and that's when i reached out to to Cesar by that time i think i was already kind of I, I was uh, i i was a guest with Tom and and the Mexican soccer show for a couple times But then I'm like, hey, I'll just let's just do something different, you know, because the Mexican soccer show is already on podcast form. Let's do it live and maybe we can bring in highlights and maybe we can, you know, like I wanted this huge production, which I didn't know how to do. But I thought it'd be really cool because I used to see I think I think Futbol Picante was so important that I'm like, we can do this in English, except take out all the fighting. (laughs) And and we and and that'd be kind of cool to have as a YouTube show. I mean, that was like kind of my big thing. So. Let's start seeing who goes out there. I sent out a couple, you know, messages on Twitter. Um, I got a bunch of declines, too, of people that I thought would be kind of cool. Um, and, name names. Uh, name names? <laughs> name, name <them. laughs> who could I name? If you're listening, I think Fernando from the show. No, no, no. Don Don Rob? Was that one of Don Rob Ticalian or something like that? He was a big Chivas person in English. I remember messaging him. And Dang! I'm like, no. calling you out. Yeah, no, no, no. But he, he was like, you know what? I have. It looks like it's a lot we so, but I don't have the time. But I know who 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 would be able to do it. It's Jason Marquitz from Soccer Mexicana, and I'm like, all right. I'm like, Jason, who's Soccer Mexicana, cool. I looked at this. Stuff. I know who he is. And then Jason was like, hey, I know someone else that can do it. Is Cesar, um, the, uh, um, and I kind of knew what Cesar from from his blog. So it's it like we all kind of knew of each other but didn't really work together in any way yeah and exactly. then yeah. yeah yeah and then that's when we did our first like few shows of foodmex source live and they're hilarious to look at we look like such little kids my intro is like me reading it i'm so nervous in the background we have the video i think i have like you know i put up like every single mexican soccer like jersey that i own <laughs> just to have a really cool background um, I think the first one was Jason, Jolie, Seth and myself.
4: And then you after that, a panic attack slowly, like developing for me. It's just like, just little by little, just I'm so incredibly it was, nervous. <laughs> it was, it was cool to see that. And I look, I look back to
2: our first ones that we have, cause they're still on YouTube on the with my nation channel. And, um, that's, uh, that's ultimately what we, we kind of wanted every week and doing it live. So, you, you know, we want to make sure that no, 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 back then we recorded it and then yep. i edited right and then i edited it so it took forever to upload because back then it was just it took like the whole night <laughs> it wasn't live that's right it wasn't live it was just recorded through skype and i had to and we had to edit it so it took forever but people were responding to it people were, were between they really liked it we saw um you know just just a lot of people kind of kind of saying this is this is kind of cool wink how can i join i think that was the next question of everybody like oh, dude i want to be part of this um, and then from then on, I think that's when Tom reached out and he's like, hey, why don't we just come together and do the Mexican soccer show live and, you know, you host it um, and we'll see, you know, because like, apparently Tom, Tom's a nice thing, said, hey, you're a good host. Um, so I. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am a good host. Thank you, Tom. And I started to, yeah, that's when we came together and we had a, you know, we had a, we had a lot, of, we had, to, we had a rotation of of people from Johnny Eric. Yeah, because
1: it's and, difficult yeah. as well. It's, yeah, it's diffi- it's difficult to do it every week and keep it going, yeah. especially for so many years. And I think that was the idea. And I don't know. I think that's always been the idea as well. With I don't know, with covering Mexican football in English. No, I think even with the hashtag, you know, Liga Mex and all that, it's like. For me, honestly, I don't see it's like a community or whatever. Obviously, it's good people get to know each other, but it's just a way of getting getting yourself out there. And I always think, you know, the Club Leon account, the um, the Juarez account in English, the Atlas one in English. It's like, it's, it's that's how they get that's how you get noticed. Do you know what I mean? When you start exactly. something up, when you start something kind of independent up, um, and you know, if you've got things to say and you use the hashtag, then it's a way that people can see it um rather than just kind of tweeting or whatever or hit into the into the uh the cult abyss
2: <laughs> <laughs> drama, boy. Apparently. there is like <laughs> it's uh, we need somebody to, like police it I think at times it's like people go crazy but but yeah yeah just like Tom said just kind of being relevant and we did that and um I saw Cesar's the big green blog right was that big no, day the, the, the big Verde. the big Verde blog and um, I think that's when I'm like, hey, uh, you're an amazing writer. I, I love your sense of humor. Cesar, come, you know, and and write with oh,
1: uh, well, f- <laughs> f- f- Next
2: Nation and up with Next Source back then. But that's that's kind of how how it came about. And um, and then Cesar did an awesome. We worked together with, with like Cesar, which I think we're I think we're already kind of speeding up. But that's where I kind of we kind of took over the the Mexican talk Show live and. Yeah. You know start of the live edition which you can still see and I'm trying to figure out Amy I don't know if we can figure this out. How many actual shows we've done because on the iVox I can look at it and it starts 2013. So I don't know if that's when we start when you started Tom But there's like 408 or 420 shows But I don't know if that's total so it'd be interesting to see how many actual shows we've done since the very beginning um, I thought maybe it'd be like in the 700s or something like that. but
0: Every once in a while when yeah. I can't go to sleep, I'm like, I'm going to count them <laughs> like just for the funsies of it. And I end <laughs> up not doing it. But one of these days, like my boredom, especially these times, will eventually get there. So maybe, maybe one day we'll find time. out. Hey, yeah. guys, you've recorded 525 episodes. I don't know. And then you've missed a historic landmark, but I'll double check on that. All right, so. it's
2: like everybody did talk really good. Everybody did the whole everyone does the whole, like, you know, episode number twenty one, episode number twenty two. We never did that.
0: You never did it, no. <laughs> like, and I feel like it's too you late now. It that's top. what I mean. Like every once in a while I'll be like, Oh, like I'll just do it so that finally we can start putting episodes into this and it's fun, but I get too lazy. I don't want to do it. Um I found at next Nat Team, by the way. Um You joined in 2009, Weasel, and right now you currently have 1,436 followers, and you're only following eight people. So that ratio is actually pretty good. You're very selective with who you were following back then. (laughs) Well, there you go. Your last tweet was March 4th, 2010 at 1124 a.m., you said, Mexico beats New Zealand 2-0. What did you like <laughs> about the win? <laughs> <laughs> and I think you had shared this information with somebody later on because John Arnold replied to it six years later and said, these Hernandez <laughs> and Bella guys look like they can really play. <laughs> so
2: Stupid John Arnold. He's such a jerk. I I'm told him this. this. Um I think I we, were in San, we were in San Antonio. I'm gonna share I, this in the
0: group chat so you guys can see it.
2: <laughs> we were in San Antonio and totally like we were talking about um about Twitter and whatever and i and I told him about it. And you know what the jerk said? He's like, That isn't you that's an amazing handle. I can't believe you still have that handle. Like no one like and I'm like, Yeah. And he never told me that. So he went in there, looked at it, and replied to it that jerk. And you know what? I would never know. I think there's a way I can get it back. That's hilarious. But that's a thousand followers in like in 20, in two thousand nine. Yeah, and that's almost fifteen hundred followers.
0: That's not who design. are the eight people
2: that I follow. Um,
0: uh, I, I like won't tell you. Speech. I won't say it on the record. I, you'll you'll know. Okay. I'll send a screenshot of it later. All okay, right. So, okay, okay, okay. so we saw Tom pave the road. We saw follow afterward, and here comes Young Cesar on this. Now I'm excited for the story because said, I remember you telling me how excited you are when Jason emailed you and reached out to you. But tell us your yes. journey. How did you get to where you are now?
4: Well, uh, like a lot of uh, Mexican-American kids, uh, it was through, uh, you know, my father. You know, I feel a lot of us, it was just uh, their parents, their fathers, they're just, they kind of like instill this idea of the importance of soccer. So it's just, it's always been a constant, you know, since, since the very beginning of my life, you know, and that's because he's from Guadalajara and he's a big Chivas fan. So he he was the one who got me into playing soccer. He always talked soccer with me. He, you know, he always... know try to get me to improve as a player even though I wasn't that good of a player (laughs) Um, but yeah he took me to my first ever professional match which was in 1996 which was uh the inaugural MLS season I watched uh Campos out there Jorge Campos in his first season uh with the Galaxy um so basically just soccer just like it just like like took up most of my time you know whether it was watching it whether it was playing club soccer taking part in tournament soccer high school soccer I mean it was just every single day. I mean, I guess at that point it was more so of a, a thing where I would play it as opposed to watch it. And watching it was more so of a thing that was just kind of like casual. It was on in the background at home where we were watching it like the Mexican national team play. But but once I left home and once I stopped playing because I went to college, I really started to miss it. So that's when I I would say around late college. I would say like right after college. That's when I really started to dive into different leagues and teams and not just. Casually watching Liga MX, or L three, you know, the way I would do it is I would actually start to take notes while watching games, which was something that I'd never really done beforehand. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to start a blog, you know. And I guess that's basically you know the path that kind of led me to covering soccer was just through blogging. I had the the big verde, which maybe I should have changed because like I I sometimes brought it up to people and they thought it was like a weed. Thing I don't know or something, just like the Big verdict. What's
0: that? <laughs> I mean, you also did go to Santa Cruz, so like
4: you, you yeah, did exactly, right? That, yeah. Like... You're like oh, Sassar so is a block. It's it's called the Big verdict This is little... mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. all
3: credibility was lost at that <laughs> yeah, I
4: know, right? Well, it's because it's because I like the movie, the Big uh the Big Green. And that was a soccer movie, and I was like, oh, well, I, oh, like. And I was like, well, because I'm, like, writing about Mexican soccer, uh, you know, and they you know, they always talk about the verde and the green. I was like, oh, I'm just going to call it the Big Verde. But anywho. Uh, yeah, so I started through, through that personal blog and it was just, I don't know, I tried to kind of give it a little bit of a sense of humor. And then at one point, Jason, uh, who I was a big fan of his because he was running Soccer Mexicana, uh, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to write for his blog. And I remember, like, specifically, like, Going to like Kimberly, my girlfriend, and be like, dude, this is the big time. Like my article, like all my work is gonna be up on Stalker Ghana. Like this is, this is, this is it, Kimberly. Like, <laughs> and, uh, um, but after that, I just continued to do more and more blogs. I continued to, uh, like, I, like we said, I did some stuff for Footmech Source. Uh, you know, and then through that, um, uh, you know, I was able to eventually connect with Jace, or I guess, I guess, take a few steps back before I did Footmech Source. Uh, Jason was telling me about a podcast idea after I had written for Soccer Mexicana a little bit, and then that's how uh, I was connected to WISO. and then that's how we started uh, Footmex Source Live. But after that, yeah, I wrote I wrote for for Footmex Source as well, and, and then later Footmex Nation, and I it was fun. It was like it was it was incredibly fun. I was someone who went to school uh, for I, I had a, I have a degree in psychology, and I thought I was become a social worker around this time. I was working as a counselor to group home, but on the side I was just blogging, and of course, watching soccer, blogging about it was ten times more fun. You know, like I—I I mean, it was very, very satisfying work to be working with uh, at-risk youth. You know, as a counselor to group home, but just soccer was just something entirely different. You know, and after one company uh, approached me to do some paid work, and then there was another company I approached me to do some paid work, and then after that, kind of like snowballed, I just decided to quit my full-time job, and I haven't looked back but but yeah uh but yeah no i thanks to jason uh he connected me with Wiso and then that's how i'm here still uh, recording this podcast uh, all these years later
0: that was beautiful cesar thank you a fun fact or i don't know if you remember this i remember this a lot because it's part of like my uh-huh. journey yeah. i guess was you tweeted out like moving to san diego to write full-time uh you know soccer and i was like this is before like i really knew you i think i was just following you i'm not sure if i was even working with you guys yet but i was like holy hell like i want to write a tweet like that and now i know (laughs) how miserable you are (laughs) so i'm just kidding
4: (laughs) no freelancing (laughs) is brutal oh my god like don't like it's it's it is incredibly tough i think people have this conception that like I'm living this like beautiful lifestyle where I'm getting like paid big bucks because of some of the companies that I work for and that, you know, like I get like free tickets to games for whatever reason. I get so many people ask me about like free tickets to games, but, but yeah, no, it's uh sometimes it's a little brutal when it comes, when it comes to payments as a freelancer. But I mean, I mean, I absolutely love it, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I hundred percent. Like if I, if I was given the opportunity to continue working, as uh, a counselor group home and potentially even uh, later on as a social worker or doing what I'm doing now, 100%, I'd be doing what I'm doing right now.
0: Those poor children, Cesar. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Just, uh, so I'm definitely going to save my part because technically I'm supposed to go next in this trajectory, but I'm going to be a narrator really quickly, So we, and then I'll share my story because I definitely want to get to Adriana's first. So, uh, you know, obviously Tom started it, so came, which, um, Cesar joined as well. And then, uh, like they all mentioned, Jason Marquitz was a part of the Mexican soccer show um, before I was here and then after when I joined as well. And he unfortunately had to say goodbye and Naive Moran also, um, who just joined us recently, had to say goodbye. Um, So I know that, you know, we were trying to figure out who was going to be part of the pod, you know, who could speak in English, obviously, who could talk about the Mexican game uh, really well. And Tom definitely was like, there's this person named Adriana Terrazas that's really, really great and was, I think, the first time you came on the pod. It was like so good. Like I was like, this is incredible work. So Adriana, with that in mind, what was your journey? How did you get to the point where Tom was like, you want to come and hang out with a bunch of weird people and talk about soccer in English?
3: (laughs) Um, actually, it, it's kind of a, w- a weird story because I think I have like one of out of 10 Mexican families that actually doesn't watch sports. Um. So first of all, uh, being a girl and then having a family that doesn't really watch sports. It was kind of odd just ending up uh, doing sports journalism. I always enjoyed sports. Like ever since I was like a really young kid, Um. I would go out and play soccer. I would play tennis. Um, I joined the JV and the varsity teams back at school and played soccer all the time. And then um, once I was studying journalism here in Mexico, I had I, I mean, I always enjoyed sports. I watched them on my own. But I didn't have like that like family reunion where we all come, came in and just watched like a soccer game or something. It was just something that I started enjoying on my own. Um, and then once I was in, I think it was a semester in college, I had the opportunity to join like an internship program in, in a newspaper here in Mexico, Reforma. Um, they were, they were going to start covering university sports and stuff like that. So my, um, yeah, like a teacher just came up to me and said, Hey, they're going to have this program over here. Would you like to join? it? I was like, yeah, sure. So I started doing that. And then after that program ended a year later, I was still studying. So I had this. I had to keep up with my scholarships, I had to get good grades, but I, I was working at the same time. I didn't want to let that go because I was like, "Oh my god, what if I graduate and then I can't find a job and then I'll be I'll regret this?" And so I start I ended up that program and then I joined TV Azteca as a reporter. I was there for about two and a half years, I think. And then the 2008 like economic crisis hit, so I was fired along with an entire like generation of of really young reporters that we were just starting off in, in, the, in the business. I was giving English classes for a while um, while I was trying to find a new job. And then I worked for Uno Noticias, which is now Marca Claro. After that, um, I really wasn't doing anything that, that made me grow as a, as a journalist or as a reporter. So I went off. And with several friends um, from Noticias, we we created our our own website that was called Comunidad Fun. Obviously, the people at UNO TV didn't like the fact that I kind of stole lots of people from there. So I think they don't really um, like me too much now. But um, we did that website. It was I mean, it was really difficult because there was like so much financial things behind it that you had to keep up with. But it was amazing because I had the chance to like do everything like since like contact every press Represented from each club and be like, "Hi, I'm Adriana, and I have a new website. So, and this is what we're doing. So, and just get to know like everyone. um, Make sure that we had access to like every training camp possible. I traveled with the Mexican national team, which was something I didn't have the chance to do um, previously. So, lots of opportunities, but yeah, also lots of responsibilities. And after a while, the company that was that, that kind of was, was backing us up for for, for this website, um, had some financial difficulties, so they ended up ended up closing it. And then a couple months earlier, I had gotten a job offer from ESPN, but I had told them to wait because um, this was my website, so I couldn't be, I mean, it's like Captain of the Titanic, right? I had to be like the last one to, to, to go down with the ship. So um, they ended up waiting for me. So just like two weeks after our website closed, I joined ESPN. And then fi- five years later and meeting Tom Marshall in between, um, I left ESPN and last summer I joined Dudene. So, yeah, I, ca- I actually don't remember the first time I met Tom. Do you remember Tom?
1: I mean, I can imagine it was
3: at the office, but I'm not quite sure.
1: can't remember. It's memorable. <laughs> it was memorable <laughs> for both of us.
3: I'm pretty sure it was probably at, at the new office because um ESPN had like the first their first office was so far away. It was f- so far away. It was it was it was actually in another state. Technically in another state really? like, Oh, like Yeah, it was like in a warehouse. I mean, you couldn't have imagined that the ESPN offices were there. I mean, really, it was a warehouse. What? You would see it from the outside and people would tell you that's ESPN. You were like, "Really? There's like have a TV station in there?" Uh, yeah, I can like like it up Google
2: Maps or something. <laughs> yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember like the first time they said hi to me. I, that was oh not, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, you used to go on Periscope a lot. Oh yeah that's well like doing what 2014 maybe 2015 no 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 2016 or something like when periscope was like a big deal everybody was like using periscope yeah then, it was like 2016 yeah 2016 yeah. and then i used to get on and i was like i used to stock her uh her periscopes and uh, <laughs> and true. i'm like you, this is awesome and you're like hey we so okay back to where i'm going <laughs> <And that's it. laughs> i just remember that
0: so wait, Tom, what, I, I, I know we've said this internally, but if you just want to share a little bit while we're recording, what made you want to have Adriana join the pod, like as a suggestion?
1: Yeah, I think it's good to have a mix, to be honest, a mix of different people. And, and there's something really valuable about, you know, Adriana's obviously level of English for somebody who's not, you've not lived in the States, have you, Adriana?
3: No, I haven't. Oh, Okay. Um, the reason I speak English is, um, yeah, because people get to ask that, um, quite often. Um, it's, it's actually a two part answer. First part is I, I attended an American school here in Mexico city, which is really cool. It's like my favorite place in the world. I had such a fun time there. And the second reason is, um, my dad attended the same school, but he had a little more trouble speaking English. He didn't really like it. So then when my mom was pregnant with me, he was like, Okay. She's going to be born and we're going to speak in English. And she was like, wait, what? And, and he convinced my mom that they would speak to me in English despite living in Mexico and just being wow. weird and people not understanding about it. So then they did. And I did. So I kind of like picked up Spanish from like neighbors and other friends and stuff like that. But I did speak English first. And then my brother wow. was born. So we hi uh-huh, so so what? um we would also speak in English and they would actually like we would be like punished if we spoke Spanish in the beginning. Really? They would be like you can't speak Spanish. No. So I saw like the the reason I don't like um like El Chavo del Ocho and stuff like that is I, I never watched it. I mean, I watched Disney cartoons and anything my dad could like record from like satellite TV and stuff like that. So so that's why I speak English at home.
4: Oh. <laughs> that's so fascinating. Wait, do you, still, do you still talk to your parents in English right now?
3: Not as much as when we were, like, really, like, kids, but, yeah, mostly. Like, whenever my dad comes, I, I don't tell him, like, papa. It's, he's, like, dad. What? So, yeah, I'll be, like, hey, dad. And yeah. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: That's insane.
3: <laughs> yeah, people, like, whenever they looked at it they were, like, why are you speaking in English? Why are you in Mexico speaking in English? And then I told them something, they're, like,
1: oh.
3: That's but, yeah, hilarious. I'm really grateful because I think it's, like, the best thing they could have done for me
1: i mean honestly
3: it, it just has opened so many doors so
1: yeah yeah no definitely no yeah so that i think that reason and, and obviously you know being in the mix being on the desk every day it's like it gives you just the the awareness about you know obviously what's going on and the across the, the different information coming in and some of it you believe some of it you don't it's like you know it's a the media in mexico is just absolute it's mayhem you know what i mean it's like there's so much (laughs) stuff flying about every day you know like stuff that you can believe and it's true and then other stuff that i mean if if you take a step back and look at some of the stories that come out and they just turn out not to be true it's like it's, it's amazing to be honest um you know and it's not just it's not just from one outlet it's like every outlet has stuff that comes out, and you're just like, what? What's going on here? Um, so yeah, no. So no, I think it's valuable I think I think different mix of people as well. Uh, you know, I think the diversity is good as well. You know what I mean? I have people in Mexico, Mexican, you know, Mexican born, raised, um, and then obviously people in the states, and and obviously I'm my own know, a weird thing, you know, <laughs> um, living here in Mexico. So no, I think I think that was the reason as well. Um, yeah, because I don't know, it just gives a different perspective. I I think.
2: Yeah, I thought that was always really cool about our about the dynamic that we had. We had a yeah. lot of representatives from people who follow Mexico. So we had Tom, right, who moved in there lives in Mexico. Um, you know, Amy Cesar, both Mexican American, me as a migrant coming as a kid as one as a child in or in the early 90s, Adriana as 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 a woman in in Mexico. You know Jason when he was part of it as a totally gringo white guy <laughs> who all of a sudden just loves Mexican soccer. To you know back in the other day with, with naive in someone that grew up in the U.S., a very Mexican household, and uh, and you know went to the U.S. So I, I always felt like that that was the the diversity in our group. It was really cool with the Mexican soccer show. It's not just three Mexican guys or Mexican-American guys or three, you
4: know, non, it was, I think we have a good <laughs> Or two American reporters.
2: Or two American,
0: <laughs> or two American reporters, yeah. The yeah. hot know. during quarantine.
2: And I'm sure, and I'm sure, you know, we get that stare. That's like, you guys aren't Mexican enough. You're like, okay, I don't know what that means, but we get that sometimes, you know, where it's like, where. We always get that, we not always get that. we ride or
0: die. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. But I think if you, if, you, if you cover it in English as well, I think you're naturally um, looking outside, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I think one of the reasons that I was able to kind of get the foot in the door was honestly, I know it, it sounds a bit arrogant, but it was because I had a perspective from somewhere else as well. And and you can, it's, I don't know, if you've got that perspective and you're writing in English, it was always easier to sell stories because you kind of see the other side of it, you know what I mean? Um and hopefully it kind of puts it in more of a global context. And I don't think if you're, especially if you're in Mexico and grow up in Mexico, and I don't think, I and mean, I think you see it a lot in the media, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue about, you know, anything going on outside. They can't contextualize Mexican football as it relates to what's going on elsewhere in the world. I and mean, it's you know, it's difficult. It's not it's it's not like everybody has to do that. It's not like you need to do it, but it is also useful as well and I think I think that's what's different about the pod as well because you know um you know let's be honest it's like for you Amy for example you've seen you know you've grown up in LA you've always had the galaxy there now you've got LAFC it's kind of like you're naturally going to gravitate a little bit towards that and that's going to kind of uh you know influence your kind of how you look at the game and and because it's right on your doorstep as well um and I think that's I don't know. I think that's natural, and I think if you know, if you're living outside of Mexico as well, and you're not going to games, then that also kind of influences you. I mean, you, Cesar, I think you know, you know, moving to San Diego and then regularly going to Tijuana games, I think, has has changed your perspective as well, no?
4: Yeah, no, most definitely. Well, because I mean, when I was When I was writing uh, for the most part uh, about uh, for the various different companies about Mexican soccer, I was doing it from Northern California. You know, I mean, I'd watch League of X games. I would watch Mexican national team games. I mean, I continue to do, you know, player ratings for ESPN when it comes to to Mexican national team games. But a lot of these were done from, you know, someplace just south of San Francisco. You know, that's where I was doing it. But I realized, yeah, in 2016 that I would say, like 2015, that I wanted to be able to do a little bit of both. You know, I wanted to still be able to live in the U.S., but still, you know, cover, uh, you know, Liga MX but see it live. So then that's when I moved over to uh, San Diego uh, to be able to travel back and forth to Tijuana and be able to watch games, uh, Liga MX games regularly. And it's, I mean, it's definitely changed my perspective. You know, it's definitely... It's different to to be able to 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 watch Liga Mekis and kind of like uh, r- have these opinions about the leagues, have these opinions about the way that it's all structured, and to actually go there and talk to team you know team employees, you know talk to players. It it, it gives you an entirely different perspective. But I know that you know Cholos themselves, they are a little bit different than other Liga Mekis teams because they tend to be a little bit more Americanized because they all on, are on the border, but that definitely changed things significantly for me. And, and and I guess work-wise too, it definitely helped as well because um, I did uh, open up some new doors for me uh, for some companies that I, I was able to write for because, I mean, it's interesting to be able to still live in the U S but legitimately go to Mexico and write about Mexican soccer, you know? So um, that's definitely changed my perspective a little bit, but, know, I definitely feel blessed to be able to do that. I mean, obviously for obvious reasons right now, I mean, no one's, watching any games right now but um but it's it's but i, I feel very very blessed i mean once league is going to come back once uh, mexican soccer is going to come back i feel very blessed to be able to do that you know so and it's, and it's not just obviously watching shows because you you still have teams like you know like chivas or america you know or just like you know cruz susul tigres both of these teams still um, um, go over to tijuana and, and take part in these very very like prominent matches so yeah no it's 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 been quite nice being able to to do that over here and and still live in San Diego as well
0: all right, so, so I know you have to go, so we're going to kind of cheat mm-hmm. before I get to my part of the story, but I'm going to yeah. go ahead and ask you these three questions, and they kind of have Ooh, to do with the yes. fact that there's nothing to do right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you spoke about one common misconception about soccer work is that, um, that most casual fans don't understand. You mentioned ticket, like getting tickets, but what's another misconception about covering and like soccer work that you think fans don't quite
4: understand? I think, I think for some odd reason, I mean, I guess it's because of some of the companies that I'm associated with, you know, because I've, like, written for ESPN and Vice and, you know, 442, Major League Soccer and The Athletic and a number of other uh, companies. But I think that, I think there's this assumption that we are, we all live quite comfortably, I guess, <laughs> as, a, you know, uh, as freelancers doing this kind of sports work. And I think that uh, sometimes people don't realize that uh, we don't make, you uh, as much money as they think we do, but we, you know, sometimes you, you do this because of a of a love and a passion for the sport. So that that's that, that that's how I kind of feel about that. I mean, not say not saying that we don't get paid anything. No, we definitely, you know, obviously, you know, that was I've for the most part been able to make a livable, uh, a livable wage from all this. Uh, but but yeah, but I think for some odd reason, people think that uh, some of us make a lot more money than we do.
0: You're not big ball incinerator. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Not No, not anymore? like
4: not not like Tom Wadlajada in 2014. or that. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So, in quarantine topics, uh, if you well, I guess this is like since you're not covering or watching soccer, what have you been using all your free time to do?
1: Sure. Um, um, I've had I don't know. I'm actually been pretty busy. It's been a bit weird. It's um. I. You know what? I, I actually. I mean, obviously, the situation's terrible. But, you know, what Sessa was saying there about, you know, about the job and all that, one of the things is you don't really have much of a routine. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's like you've got to w- watch games over the weekend. So, obviously, like, your kind of social life definitely suffers. And then when it comes to the weekdays, it's kind of like sometimes people people expect you to be around as well. You know what I mean? It's not like you can just, like, take Thursday and Friday off every week. Um, and then, obviously, there's games the the week uh, on, the, on the weekdays as well. So, it's like... It's a weird job because it's not like a, there's no schedule. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah and, so,
1: yeah. and so this kind of quarantine, what I've quite liked about it is, I'm getting up at a certain, you know, you know, a decent time. Um, you What's know, a the, the decent same,
3: time, Tom? <laughs> but like,
1: <laughs> you know, like the clocks change as well. So that that kind of you gotta factor messed it that up a little Adriana, bit. Like, so. yeah,
3: yeah, good point.
1: But like a 8:30, you know what I mean? Get up, and because I work from home as well, I just you don't have to go anywhere, so you don't have to, you know, be prepared. But you know, then you know you work work during the day, kind of go for a run or something, come back, you know, take the dog out and all that, and get get your work done, and then kind of finish your work, and then you're kind of done. You know what I mean? It's kind of I quite like that. I quite like that kind of I don't know. It's it's the routine that most people have that that is quite difficult if um, you know if you're working in in football, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, doing a lot of work. I've been playing a bit of that Call of Duty, to be honest. Um, oh wait, which Call of Duty?
2: Friends
4: you play, Tom? <laughs> uh, the on- online one, free one,
2: Warzone. Uh,
4: Warzone, yeah. I just downloaded Black Ops four, but anyways. Oh, no, no,
2: Arc- do Warzone. No. Oh wait, you guys have PS? Yeah,
4: just I get the Warzone one because it's uh, <laughs> it's free.
1: Really? And you just oh, yeah. go in there as a team and start shooting people. But I'm absolutely terrible at it, so it's pretty funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, Wait, so so no.
3: nobody plays, like, Mario Kart anymore or stuff like
0: that? No, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, still we, debating whether um, I'm going to get a Switch or PS4. I'm still not sure. I'll figure this out. Did I yeah. say Tom or did I like, say Cesar? Because did I just, like, totally mess that question up? That was, like, I enjoyed Tom's no, answer. No, you,
2: you said Cesar and Tom just came in <laughs>
4: and was like, I'll take this. <laughs> Just just like in Call of Duty. It was for me. Just pick down the door. <laughs> right, so pick down the I mean, door and do you... get shot in the head.
0: <laughs> I know you have to go soon, so I'll put two questions so you can answer both of them. So what have yeah. you been doing in your free time? And give us an interesting fact about yourself that has nothing to do with soccer.
1: So, well, the... no you us. <laughs> <laughs> <I was like,
4: laughs> gonna... The funny thing is, I was going to say, for the most part, I've been in... being interrupted by Tom Marshall. Uh... <laughs> Uh, nothing I mean just I don't know jogs reading video games actually I have been playing a lot of video games too so uh, that's that's about it for the most part I mean I still have a little bit of work to do not too much but there is like some stuff like it might be might be writing an article uh, soon hopefully about uh, I'm working on some stuff about uh, potentially about the Mexican national team and kind of the more noteworthy moments for the Mexican national team the last decade so um, they're just a Mexican soccer general so that's something i might be doing soon but yeah no i'm just just, just kind of hanging out like the rest of us you know
0: very cool and a fun fact about yourself
4: uh, uh let's see uh, a lot of people know that i like to jog and i'm no longer at my peak but i've run a marathon before <laughs> uh cool. so I, I think it's kind of my and, like my dream on, like one of my like life goals is to qualify for the boston marathon i think that's uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and then the other... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak in one more. Obviously, you guys already know, and some people already know, but I was once the lead singer of a ska punk band, and that's it. Right. Oh, yeah. Wait, what?
0: I still have to learn how to ska... We still have to learn how to ska. Is there a video of that? Well,
4: if Somewhere? you're fast it- if you're fascinated by that. Just wait until you learn about Tom's musical passport. Oh, we're
0: not, are we allowed to talk about that? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I,
4: it's kind of fun. Interrupt
2: me. It's, it's kind, kind of fun. We are all in bands once in our lives. Just gonna throw that out. I there. was never in a band.
3: I don't know where you're right. in a band. No, I play the piano. Okay.
0: Yeah, there we go. We need to, <laughs> want to play the piano. <laughs> i joke that the Mexican Start soccer show dance. can be a band is now no longer Got a joke. <laughs>
4: So piano. Amy, Tom, play, Tom plays bass. I could play guitar and also have turntables and like I don't know, like yeah. What, what, we'll figure it out.
2: I, Dude, I have I no think musical we, I talent. Think there we go. I can't got sing or Got the piano. But we need Amy learn how to play the drums.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> Please.
4: All right. So believe... I'm gonna head out. but Thanks, guys. All right. So sad. Thank Bye. you.
0: All right, we have a few more minutes left because we're hitting that hour mark. But I, And I'm definitely glad that everybody got a chance to talk because my part is not that great. I mean, it's great, but eh, you guys hear me talk all the time. Uh, but I want to start my story the way all children start their stories. We Once upon a time. Tom, mom and dad, I guess you will. How did you guys decide you guys needed an intern? That's my question. Like what like what was it that you guys just were like, hey, we, like we need an intern? Like where did that come from?
2: Um, I think it was we all handled the Mexican soccer show and we were all we're all just kind of you know, we we had a job for the Mexican soccer show. I mean, if I was hosting there was you know, um and Tom and Cesar and everybody else were writing. So it was it was literally like, Hey, why don't we find someone that can really put the time to um, you know, to tweet, to be a part of the community, to be a part of a part of the show. And I think for the first most part, it was just kind of like, hey, um, social media, right? I think it was like, here, here's social media. What would you do if you had the Mexican Sox Show account? And uh, let's see if there's anybody that that's out there. It was specifically looking for people that had either, you know, uh, were in, in school or gra- just graduated in school, like not just anybody that can just do the work and um because i think we're all just busy in in our own things you know i had food next nation and and um all things are going with the mexican national team tom obviously with with what he was doing and and cesar naive i think was in spain no 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 no, no. he would have already come back so i think we're all just in our own uh but at the same time we needed somebody to to kind of help out with the mexican soccer show and uh mostly on social media so i think that's where just like let's just Get an intern. Let's do that. Yeah, cool. Let's let's figure it out. I think that's how i kind of went in.
0: And enters me. So my story. I'm gonna to try to make this as quick as possible. Um, I obviously went to school, uh, for general journal- broadcast and digital journalism at USC. And there was a point, like, I, I wanna. I usually back away from saying this part, but it ha- it has a large part to do with it. When I got pregnant with Jack. Um, 2012 to 2013 I remember just kind of sitting there because I was bored in college I mean I was right next to the house I was right next to my house was like 15 minutes away but I was like I didn't understand the college aspect of it like there were all these kids who had already done tons of work um, in high school you know we didn't have a newspaper at my high school but I was just like I want to write about soccer like I don't want to do anything I don't want to do and I really like soccer so I'll do that and I remember just being out of it like the first two years, like I didn't really want to do anything. I didn't really want to go to school. Nothing interested me. I still obviously love soccer, but even that was very much like a eh kind of thing. And so then, um, yeah, I got pregnant and I was like, I don't want this kid to think that I <laughs> am terrible, which I kind of am. But I was I kind of just was like, OK, I'll start paying attention in class. I'll start paying attention of like, do I really want to be a reporter? Then OK, I'll do it. And around that time that I decided to get my act together, I had a professor that, you know, talked to us exactly what you guys are saying. But even in, you know, 2014, 2013, 2014 was like, you know, do whatever you want to do. Like, you're going to have to work, obviously, but just focus on whatever it is you want to do. And eventually, because the Internet exists, because social media is there, you're going to find the people that want to do it. And so I started a blog um, analyzing the Aztecs and I just was like, okay, I'll just like have this blog and, you know, I'll try to have internships since I have to pay, you know, to take care of my kid. But also, you know, internships is good when you're a journalism major. So I ended up having getting a chance to do the World Cup contractor job during the 2014 World Cup and i loved it i was like i mean obviously there's you as you get older you learn the realities of it but i was like hey if i get paid to do this all the time like yes sign me up this is exactly what i want to do and then um i got pregnant again (laughs) and so then i had some personal stuff happen and i got out of college and i had no idea what i was supposed to do you know i like now in in retrospect i understand right but i remember like contacting some of my colleagues that were World Cup contractors and like, hey, like, how do you get a job? And they're like, it's going to take a while. Like, you know, like, it's not going to happen. It's not like the movies that suddenly everything's going to align itself and things are going to work out. And so, yeah, I had day jobs. You know, I worked as a laundry lady at a gym. I was a front desk attendant at a bowling alley, so forth. And um i also kind of stopped having a digital footprint for a little while like i went through something and i was like i just don't want to have twitter i don't want to have anything i'm just gonna the only thing i will have is my blog i remember telling myself that like i'll just have my blog and then i'll just leave everything else and i'll just go to school and take care of the, take care of jack and you know so so on and so forth so but then i kind of forgot about the blog too because i was just not focusing on it not doing it and i specifically remember this one moment think it was march or april it was close to my graduation i remember that in 2015 that my dad told me mexico was gonna have a friendly and i was like wait are you serious like i just realized that i hadn't been paying attention to mexican soccer at all and i was like i don't like this feeling i need to know what's happening all the time and um so i picked my blog back up again and i remember just like We saw saying I would like go to therapy and tell my therapist like, oh, I have like 12 views on my blog today and I had like 15 views on my blog today. And so like, you know, she was like, oh, that's good. You know, that it's good for you that you're doing this. And I just had that in my head, like, I'll just start paying attention to stuff. And then obviously in journalism class, they tell you like have a Twitter, especially during my time, you know, like everybody's saying like this is the place where news is going to come out um and I've said this before so you know it's a funny part of my story I was like well I want to cover Mexico at a world cup so I google so I twitter searched Mexico world cup and Tom popped up and had popped up I think and then Wiso popped up and so like I was following them but I didn't know them and I was just following them and as the trajectory of my life was happening you know, I was just like, oh, they're doing it in English. And, oh, like, there's these people doing this stuff in English. And then I followed the Mexican soccer show while I was having all these side day jobs and stuff. And, you know, I'd, and then I had a kid, and but I was still trying to blog and everything. And I think, what was it, November, December, when you guys posted that, like, tweet? Like, hey, we're looking for help or something like that? Was that what it was? I think it was, like, November, December, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I was the just end like... Of the year. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, I haven't done anything for like a year, in a, you know, or a few months, because I had just graduated earlier that year, and I was like, whatever, like not whatever, because I really did want to like join, but I was like, you know, if they don't accept me, because I had just been denied, 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 um, all this time from random jobs. I think I tried to, yeah, I think I tried to work for like ESPN, and I tried to work for you know just like random news places, and I was like, I'll just give this a shot, and so yeah, I submitted my resume sent you guys an email that I look at a while. I was just like I want to do what you guys are doing it's basically what I put as like my my intro email alongside my cover letter and my resume and then Sessa emailed me he had to leave but he was like hey can you jump on a Skype session with us you know sometime this week and I remember I was um I was at somebody's house and I was like, "Can you just watch Ollie?" Because Ollie was a baby and he cried a lot when he was little. And I was like, "Can you just watch him for like 20 minutes?" Like, I just had to take this interview. I swear. And so, like, we t- it was we saw and Cesar on the Skype call and I can I could hear him. I don't know if you remember that we saw, but I could hear like him like wailing because I had to breastfeed him. But yeah, that's how it happened. And then obviously, I think every once in a while I get nostalgic and I'll tweet something about the guys and how. Grateful I am to them. So that's how I started annoying everybody here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my story. And I think that about concludes the way that the Mexican soccer show uh, came to be. And I guess to start, to end it the way we started it, Tom has this been what you envisioned you know like did you imagine this to be what it is right now what what is an unexpected surprise what's been you know a good surprise highlights for you since you started this pod
1: no I think just uh meeting people you know what I mean and when you go and you travel around and uh you know obviously uh you kind of make friends with people you know what I mean? <laughs> so I not saying that's the that's the best thing um and yeah, just just seeing it seeing it grow. I mean, I think it's got massive potential as well, um, much more than um, than than what we do right now. But it's difficult because everybody's got different jobs, and and you know we don't make money out of this either. That's that's the thing. It's like it's like what Cecil was saying. It's like you you do these things because because you like doing them. I mean, it's not you know every every Monday night for you know eight nine years or you know not every single one, but most monday nights for for eight nine ten years it's like that's a lot of monday nights (laughs) so um so yeah no i mean yeah it'd be good to see it grow as as well i think that that'd be um that'd be the aim i think um you know but it's always been kind of the technology you know that's kind of held us back a little bit you know that's the disadvantage of being in different places you can't just go to a studio and and knock out a pod yeah no I, i
0: kind of agree but i mean also it's technology also kind of helps us because we're all in different places and we're still able to record it might be a time a time issue every once in a while but i think that's the also kind of cool part right like i mean Diana and i joke about this but we've only seen each other once but i'm like so excited to like see her when we did see each other it was like you know we had known each other for such a long time so that's the cool part i guess um yeah. we saw you're also a, prede- a predecessor i can't say that word but what have you liked since you've joined the pod and what has changed and all that good stuff in between
2: um e- obviously just kind of what tom says right getting to know everybody um but i think something that i always see that the, the, as, as far as a change because it's kind of hard to figure out like all right, are we are we successful like is this something that's cool is it or are we just doing it because you never know and that's the hardest part about a podcast and when everybody is asking just start and just keep going because it's going to take a while before anybody notices and then are you good are you not um but i feel like one way that i know that we've grown not necessarily mexican saga show but just our community you know our uh us as in tom amy adriana cesar um i guess the journalist aspect of things of the presence at games um, where we used to come in maybe three years ago and we were the kids that spoke english doing you know first i'm, I'm looking at the national team um and whenever we would go to games and we would be in the press box or we were in the um be at the at the trainings it was the mexican press right i mean these are big names that are there the best of the best in journalism sports journalism for soccer in mexico right are there and you're kind of you know the Rafa Ramos and the Feitelsons and the you know it's it, it, you know they're there and it's not most of, most of the time those guys aren't there but um you, you would see the the these types of journalists and it it was like we were kind of in the corner because we are the we were these guys speaking English and covering stuff in English maybe four or five six years ago um and then seeing that kind of evolve where I'm not saying that we're included in everything but it's kind of cool because everyone knows that that like oh yeah that's he, these are the guys this is Sessa, side this is Amy this is we so this is Tom this is John Arnold these are the guys that cover Mexico in English and not that we weren't accepted before but it's kind of cool that you know we that we're a part of that media and i felt like before it was like who are you guys um and uh, i don't know i thought that, that i thought that was kind of cool somebody explained to me it was like when when the internet journalists came in in the early 2000s with the you know the written in the the newspaper were like who are these kids <laughs> that are coming in because they're all young and um uh, and uh, now they're you know writing for for um for websites right and uh some, someone explained to me like that and that was us like who are these you know english speaking uh journalists that are coming to co- cover mexico in mexico or all over the world so that that's kind of cool and i think mexican stock shows has given us that and people remember us because of it um regardless if we're all in different places but i think it's a it's pretty cool kind of uh to see that that growth
0: yeah i think so too i think like i said i know i was joking about it but i think i really like the the aspect of like knowing that i've I stumbled onto something that was already created and all I can do is make it stronger. And, and like you said, it's a complicated community sometimes, but I think the English language community is growing and I am in that really unfortunate part of the like mid threshold, or at least I think I am, I could be wrong, but of like the newer, kids that are are students, young students that are under like saying I also want to do it in English and like knowing that you guys have been doing it for a really long time and I have the privilege of getting to know you guys um, is a really cool aspect for me a lot. So I think I've said this before to you guys very separately but it's definitely been a really good escape for me to be able to do this um, and it's given me a lot of good highlights in my life. Mm-hmm. So on that note, Adriana, um, if you want to close us off, um, I know we've got through a lot. I hope you guys all enjoyed the <laughs> stories. I know Cesar had to leave early, but um, it's really cool, um, like I said, in that nostalgia kind of way to kind of see how everybody just ended up being in the same place in their own different way. So I'll end with that. Would you like to close us off and, uh, you know, tell us goodbye to the, to the listeners?
3: Well, first of all, thank you, guys, because I I can't remember how long I've been on the podcast, but I really enjoy it. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's difficult because um, because one of the things that sometimes people don't notice is just how irregular our schedules are as reporters and journalists and stuff. So sometimes it's it's really difficult, but it's it's I I really always when we do a pod, I just end up and I'm like, I just spoke like an hour of soccer with some friends. And that's like the best way to spend a night on Monday night, usually. Um, so thank you for that. It's been amazing. And thank you to everyone who's been listening, who's making this community grow. Um, I can remember we started off the pod and it was just League Max, and now it's League and ENG on Twitter, on social media and stuff. So just seeing all those little things grow has been amazing. And thank you everyone for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this pod.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys. I promise next time I will not be hosting. Um, and you know, I won't let it just, I won't make any weird <laughs> jokes anymore. I promise. We so we'll be back and everything Whatever. will be back to normal Whatever. on Monday. All right, guys. Well, That's thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you guys. Uh, Are we going to do a social hour on Saturday? Or no? I'm putting you on the spot. No? Yes. What's up with
2: you guys? Yeah, yeah, I was down sure you. <laughs> be on the well, keg. we'll see,
0: guys. We'll see if we do a social big, hour, but.
2: Big day on Saturday.
0: <laughs> Got a lot of stuff to do. Got a lot of plans. Well,
3: we'll
0: see about yeah,
2: but, Saturday. We have a feeling to watch now. <laughs> if you're listening and you needed, um, if you ask us questions, if it's you know, obviously this is more of a personal uh, one, but if you have a of like, hey, I have a question about this, don't don't uh, don't be afraid to to just kind of tweet at us, and we'll try our best to answer them. So we'll try to do that. And if you're listening to us, and this is totally not the time that we did this, because I think we're going to keep this kind of like a reference of here's our history. Uh, welcome to the Mexican Soccer Show. <laughs> uh, hopefully, if you're listening to us, this is not the COVID time, and it's, we've already surpassed this, and Mexico's won the World Cup.
0: Wow. That's going to be Just a kidding. long time. Oh, well. Okay. Never. Well, we'll see what if we do something on Saturday for a social hour, but if not, um, keep out for the next episode of the Mexican Soccer no- Show next week, guys. Thanks. We so say hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima. All right. Bye, guys.